Hey, and welcome to DCN, that's DC Comics News, podcast number 137. It's our weekly podcast. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. This is where we get the chance to break down movies, TV, streaming, comics, all sorts of great news related to DC Comics. And the best part is, it's not just me, because you're going to get bored of my voice, like, really fast. I'm lucky enough to be joined, especially this week, by my good friend, Mr. Brad Felicki. Brad, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing, uh, I'm doing good. That's awesome. Man, uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear, you know, all your feedback. But before we even jump into this, dude, you went to New York Comic Con. Like, we don't all get to do that. And not only that, but you went to one of the first big cons that's open since all of the chaos that we, you know, no longer like to dwell on. How was it, man? Do you have a good time? Uh, it, yeah, it, it. I had an amazing time, as always. And, uh, you know... There was just such a kind of sense for me, a sense of relief that it happened, you know, that uh, that we it was feeling like we got through this. We're on to the next, you know, the next phase now. Um, always the last day of the con is always kind of depressing because, you know, you kind of wait a whole nother year before it happens again. Um, but this was kind of like celebratory um, because, you know, we we're beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel and this was kind of the first big event and it was pretty well attended now it was it was mellower than most years it was toned down a bit uh but it was still pretty impressive uh they have a new section that's open in the javits center where they had a big empire stage which was really cool uh, i was able to attend the why the last man panel there that was a lot of fun a lot of the cast uh, showed up and went to the the press round table uh for for why the last man before that um and it was that was really cool too trying to put together a little story for that on the site so um keep your eyes open for that uh and i i interviewed uh vincent and mike from uh, metropolis collectibles and uh they are uh, getting ready to auction off a very uh, pristine issue of Superman number one, and they're expecting it to go something in seven figures. And I'm trying to get them on the podcast, so we may we may be talking to them in the future if that all works out. Um, but yeah, I mean that was it was it was just great to be there. Everybody was happy and and thrilled to be you know sharing their love of fandom and everything. So yeah, so it was it was a great return. Man, that sounds amazing. I mean, I love the way you described it. You know, just this this relief, that feeling of we made it. Like, we're all back at this place that, you know, we've missed for so long. And yeah. the stuff you went to, man, it sounds amazing. Guys, you know, if you haven't been, get over to DC Comics News. Check out Brad's stuff. Uh, I love when he's, you know, the man in the moment. And it sounds like he was there for some really great moments. So I would check that out. And the uh, the uh, gentleman from Metropolis Collectibles, man, that sounds huge. It would be awesome to have them on the show. And, you know, I, I, I love the energy about the announcement. And, wow, that sounds like some guys, seriously, like when we say we get news for you, like there, right there. Brad just gave it to you. Like, yeah. boom. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Hey, um, you know, with all of that, I, I want to jump right into our, our first movie news stories and get something from you because maybe you just, you know, heard stuff while you're around at the Comic-Con because, you know, there's this little project, Robert Pattinson taking on a somewhat well-known character known as the Batman. And he was recently um, attending the red carpet opening the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures and decided to share some feedback about what we can expect for the Batman. Does, does, did you hear anything in New York Comic-Con or does this vibe with anything, you know, you were sort of picking up? Well, here's the thing. I, DC wasn't at Comic-Con. Uh, I think it's mixed between COVID and fandom coming up this week that uh, there wasn't really a big DC presence. So there was not much going on as far as this movie was concerned at Comic-Con. Um, but this article is really intriguing. I like that he says uh, that he and Zoe Kravitz did some stuff. It's a fun little thing. So, and there are lots of little surprises for what they're going to do with the Batman at Fandom. And here I thought we were just getting a trailer. So this could be, 
really cool. I, I, I can't wait to see what, what they're going to bring to fandom. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I mean, clearly, as you pointed out, you know, between COVID and fandom, it sounds like they're saving all of uh, the excitement for fandom, all of the uh, the news and panels and things like that, because, I mean, I think it was pretty much uh, widely accepted that fandom had to have been one of the best, if not the best, virtual events last year, you know, and it, it gave us so much that they had to add a second day and <laughs> there was a lot of fun hanging out with you guys afterwards on the late nights, just, you know, rewatching some of the panels and talking about it. And it, it looks like on top of all the expectation of just getting to see a new trailer, as you said, we're, we're going to get to see some fun interaction uh, between Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz and also maybe some sort of, uh, you know, suggestion of things that aren't in the trailer but they can share with us that we can look forward to because who doesn't enjoy looking forward to more <laughs> when it comes to the batman right like it's it's kind of a win-win which i also think is uh is a guarantee when you mix great characters like batman with animated projects Batman Ninja was one of those where a friend of mine was bugging me on Facebook. Like every week I get a notification. He's like, have you seen Batman Ninja yet? And then once I finally did, he was like, okay, I'm really like, he was really wanted to know my opinion about it. Well, in a perfect combination, both Batman Ninja, Black Clover, and so much more is coming to Toonami's fall lineup. Toonami is one of those exciting places where I would love to watch you know, some great old animation and also some new exciting stuff. This is clearly a great partnership. Brad, what do you think about the story? I think these choices are pretty cool because I think both, uh, you know, Batman Ninja uh, and Under the Red Hood were two of the most acclaimed Batman animated films. So it's it's kind of cool that Toonami's choosing those two. And it's a perfect timing, collaboration with fandom coming up. So, yeah, I think this is a really cool little treat. For Batman fans, I think they'll they'll be tuning in to uh, you know rewatch or watch for the first time these movies, and the timing just couldn't be better. Oh, what about you? I completely agree. I thought Batman Ninja did some really just wonderful things, and it took some great ideas, and then it just went as far as possible, and that was exciting. But also, you know, as you said, Under the Red Hood, that was one of those films that just it it really captured that gravity you know of of what had happened to uh to the second robin as he's called to the man who's now red hood and and bringing that tension to the screen it, it it's a great example of just how good batman storytelling can be especially how good it can be done with animation um i'm looking to the days when we're trying to compete over what's better of an animated or live action version of so many of these great stories. So Toonami's a perfect place for people to share it. As you mentioned, you know, whether it's for the first time or whether they've got some friends and they're like, Hey man, like it's just there. Let's hang out and watch. You're going to dig this. And you know, Toonami kind of opens some doors, I think. So I'm excited to see what the response is going to be like, if there's any number stories later about how good it could be, and uh, adding on to our uh, excitement for that little project we were just talking about, Robert Pattinson had some things to say when he was on the red carpet. Well, it, it also turns out that Zoe Kravitz has a few things to say about making the Batman and making an indie film. I really enjoy that comparison, especially because we're starting out with a more uh, younger, raw, sort of finding his way Batman in uh, the upcoming project. Brad, what do you think about this story? You know, I I love that idea because when I when I think of um, indie movies that could be kind of in this bent, like kind of a crime film type of thing, I, I think of things like Usual Suspects, which was such a great film. Uh, you know, and combining that kind of grittiness with, as Zoe says here in the story, with this real character-driven narrative. Uh, man, I just I am so curious with what we have to look forward to for this film. I mean, everything we're hearing is going to be different than anything we've seen. It's going to be full of surprises. And and like I said, what's for with Batman is that we have seen so many versions of Batman. 
And the fact that they're going above and beyond and saying this is going to be something different, it just makes me curious on how they're going to do that, how they're going to make it so different. And, I, you know, I just can't wait. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I think the thing that really stuck with me, and I think it was part of that really big indie boom that for a while sort of just captivated uh, mainstream cinema, it, it was this thing that she alludes to, which is the real heart and soul of making this project and you know how she compares it to sometimes with a bigger you know movie there can be like this machine-like process and you sort of just go in for that part play like a role or she calls it a puppet but in this one there was a real attention to the storytelling and um i i got a kick out of the fact that she really highlighted that that she felt that what he was doing as far as telling a story was uh the the signature to the movie that that it was going to be the imprint that that people were going to sort of feel the most that yeah you're going to have these great action moments and also for me indie always made me think of like really great ingenuity because if you don't have the budget you have to be a lot more resourceful when it comes to action fight scenes and things like that so i i I was captivated by those ideas because if you're thinking in that mind frame and you're also telling a very you know, earnest story. And as she points it out with complex characters, ones that she wants to honor that that for me, that always brings this. Um, I know authenticity is a, it's a popular word, but um, I think for me, the other one that comes to mind is genuine. You know, this feeling of genuine development, like I love it when you'll hear a writer talking about how like, yeah, I was spending all this time working on something and working on and then I found this thing. And it was just that continued effort that sort of reveals something like digging or so I, I like this idea of that much effort going into the story and then that being the focus. You know, we found something amazing and this is how we're gonna tell it. So those kind of things really get me excited because you know, I think the the balance that's gonna be really important is the fact that, you know, we've been trying to let people know that it's not about what a character or an actor has done previously in other projects, but it's what they can do and how we saw Michael Keaton go from being a comedic actor to the, the amazing, you know, performance in his Batman. Um, the heart and soul of this story is going to be one of those things that can cement Robert Pattinson, this character and really create who knows, like a really great franchise for the future. All right. I'm going to stop doing all that. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Because we, we still have more. We actually have an additional Zoe Kravitz story. Has a bit to talk about her uh, training and what she describes as her Catwoman transformation. Brad, what would you think about this last one before we shift out of movies? This makes me really respect how hard actors work. You know, she had to do all this training, 12-hour days, in a cat suit by 7 a.m., uh, it, it's just very physically demanding, especially in a movie like this. So I just I just commend her for the effort. And it just shows how much she uh, how seriously she took this role and how much work she put into it. And I think, you know, she deserves some serious credit. And I think that we'll see, you know, we'll see the payoff on on the big screen for sure. Uh, what about you? What do you think of this? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I give it goes back to that thing I was talking about where when the writers are working at, you know, trying to unearth something important, you know, when it comes to uh, her description, it reminds me of like the theater actors who are like, yeah, well, you'll play this character over and over and over again, day after day after day. And then it's right near the end. You think you finally got it. And for her, it's like, yeah, I'm doing this day after day for a year. You know, at some point along the way, it becomes, you know, part of what I'm just committed to and that daily commitment between the training, between putting on the costume for the the time that she talks about and the idea of like, yeah, <laughs> there's a there's an investment when you're at it at 7 a.m. in the morning and you're putting in a 12 hour day. And that's your that's your life, you know, for an entire year. I, I really appreciate. And I think a lot of fans are going to respect the fact that, you know, there's a commitment you want to make if you're going to do it right. And clearly she was uh, and is making the commitment. So looking forward to seeing what the results are like, as you said, Brad. And with that, we get a chance to shift out of our uh, movie news and start talking a bit about TV and streaming. And we do have some additions coming 
our way in October on HBO Max, including Aquaman King of Atlantis. Brad, how how you landed on this story? You, you know, uh, I, I I really like that all this DC content is popping up on HBO Max. And, uh, you know, when when Steve and I discussed this on the podcast, the Aquaman series, we were both kind of skeptical. It felt a little too kitty and we weren't too sure about the animation style. But I do think I'm going to give it a chance to see, you know, how it succeeds on its own merits. So I will I will check that out. And I, I am interested in uh, the Reign of the Superwoman documentary, too. So. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to these new additions, and I just, you know, I I will love the day when all DC content is on HBO Max, like everything we had on the DC Universe streaming service and more. So, and that's slowly happening. So that's that's uh, really nice to see. Uh, what about you? What do you think of this? Oh yeah, that's going to be a great day, man. I, I <laughs> I'm going to be overjoyed. And when it comes to this, I, I think there's a part of me that's hoping that it falls more into the Harley Quinn side, that it's going to be childish, but, you know, kind of twerpy and then maybe look a little bit childish, but also be more adult twerpy, especially because HBO Max, like you don't have to wear kid gloves. I mean, <laughs> look what they're doing, you know, with Harley Quinn. So I feel that there's there's an opportunity for them to really have some fun and irreverent humor because they've seen how well it works. And then the, uh, the rain of the Superwoman women documentary, that sounds just phenomenal. Um, I'm really excited about that. So I, I feel like this is a fun sort of thing where we're going to continue to get more of these announcements. And then I hope that along the way, it just opens doors, as you mentioned for that, you know, that back catalog, that great library we enjoyed, on the uh, DC Universe platform to be available on HBO Max. And uh, yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, yeah. right? It's just kind of my thing. <laughs> yeah. Something else I'm hopeful about, the upcoming uh, The Sandman on Netflix and um, the decision that's been made for why John Constantine won't be making an appearance. Brad, what do you think about the uh, explanation? You know, when I first saw the headline, I was a little skeptical. Like it was just telling the public what they had to tell them, but it was really, you know, but it was really something that because all these other John, John Constantine versions are out there that we really couldn't use it in the show. But it does intrigue me that, you know, Neil Gaiman says that, yeah, that would have complicated things, but it wouldn't have necessarily ruled it out. But we always had in mind that the same star, same actress was going to be Joanna Johanna and Joanna Constantine, and that's intriguing about what that means for the story. Why, why is it that it has to be the same actress? So I'm really, I'm really intrigued for what that means for the Sandman series. And once again, I, I, uh, I said it before. I'm going to say it again that I will probably take the day off of work when this hits Netflix so that I can just, you know, watch the whole thing no matter what. So, uh, yeah, it just makes me more intrigued for the uh, for the series. What about you? Yeah, I feel the same way. I, I, I get this this sense of like, OK, so, you know, there's an issue with using John Constantine right now. But. Kind of beyond that is the fact that you've made this decision that you're going to have one one person portray uh, two versions of the character. And clearly you want that visual for a reason. That's that's part of the medium. But the intention behind it is going to, you know, clearly have a relevance to the story that we're going to kind of get a kick out of, I think, especially if we can see some very clear differences between the characters that, you know, demonstrate the the range of the actor, but also then at some point, what, what connections can be seen as the story continues to develop and, and why it's so important that, that, that appearance, that likeness be so, you know, significant between the past and the more modern day. So I, I, I think it's one of those things where they're like, yeah, it's important. No, we're not going to tell you why. But it, <laughs> and you're yeah. left like, OK, fine. We'll wait patiently. <clears throat> Nail scratching, tapping, tapping, tapping. But uh, <laughs> overall, you know, I got to I got to kick out of the decision and I appreciate the explanation. And who knows, you know, if this ends up being something that 
goes for a little while, maybe that right situation could be, you know, renegotiated in some way. And we get a great story that develops later on with a character we've come to love. In addition to uh, great news that we've enjoyed about HBO Max, I love the fact that on the CW, Superman and Lois was one of the shows that I was like, man, when we saw those early previews, I had questions. I had doubts. And then I saw the first episode and then the second. And I was such a believer. So I love hearing new stuff about the show. And it looks like we've got some new um, characters and actors with previous uh, experience that fans might recognize coming to the show for season two. Bad, what'd you think about this uh, story? Yeah, I I'm not familiar with the uh, with the actor. Uh, I've never watched Teen Wolf, uh, but uh, the character that Bone will be playing, uh, Lieutenant Mitch Anderson, is as they say, a new sheriff in town. Uh, at the DOD. So this makes me think that it's a character that's going to kind of be an antagonist through all the season. And then towards the end, he's going to come around and and join the fight for whatever they're going to be facing for season two. So uh, that's how I see this character's arc uh, playing out. But um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought that the first season was um, a lot better than I was. Well, maybe not even a lot better, but better than I was expecting it to be. And um I, I, I really love that that it had such a resonance with fans too that it seems to be really popular. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the second season. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I I feel like the second season is just going to continue to to push these these great elements that I've really enjoyed. You know, the dynamic between uh, you know Superman as a father, um, as a husband. Also, you know, the dynamic between his sons, the, the differences in their personalities uh, and what they're capable of doing has been really important. But I also feel like this is a great answer to a question that was raised during the first season, which was who's really kind of running things in uh, in Smallville? You know, who's who's kind of in charge and this whole new sheriff in town is going to be an interesting uh, choice to make. And uh, I'm. I'm curious to see, you know, what his impact is going to be. But if this announcement's being made this way, um, clearly it's going to be important. I have no previous interaction with the character. I've actually wanted to see uh, Sicario, Day of the Soledad, but I have not had the chance to. It just didn't work out yet. Apparently he appeared in that, which is something I might get a chance to see him in before season two. But other than that, yeah, I'm mostly just intrigued where it's like, wow, okay, I, I'm curious now. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the discovery is like. And season one really sort of sold me. So I feel like I'm, I'm just going to buy into season two right from the get-go. And this should be a fun thing to enjoy as it develops. Um, also looking forward to the fact that we've had some, you know, just amazing success for Batwoman. And a lot of excitement looking forward to the upcoming season three and a synopsis for episode number two that uh, appears to confirm that a new incarnation of Killer Croc will be arriving in uh, the Arrowverse version of Gotham City. Brad, what do you think about this uh, story regarding Killer Croc? Uh, I love them bringing more Gotham characters into the show. And I like the idea that Alice and Batwoman's have to have, have to kind of team up to fight him. So... This this could be a really cool episode, and I kind of hope that it's not just a one episode thing. Uh, I hope that they can you know bring the character back. But one of the uh, one of my favorite things about Batwoman is how they incorporate all these characters, and uh, you know we're gonna also get Renee Montoya this season. So yeah, this is this is another one of those ones that I'm I'm excited for, and I'm all caught up. So that that's uh, I, I'm I'm totally ready to get started on season three. Uh, what about you? I think it's a great addition, you know, as it was mentioned, one of the big things that's going to be fun about this season um, is the trophies. And as you mentioned, the hunt for the trophies includes teaming up a good guy and a bad guy that, that always has some great tension. And I feel like with the bad guy, at some point, you know, they're just going to, you know, break the rule. They're going to earn the trust and at some point going to sell out the good. It just 
it feels like it's something that has to happen. You know, it's the old uh, scorpion and the frog crossing the river story. Like, why would you do that? It's in my nature. Right. Like, this, exactly. this is what I, who did you think I was? <laughs> so uh, with all of that, I, I'm looking forward to the addition of Killer Croc. And uh, as you mentioned, you know, done well, done right, and added into the great mythos of characters like Renee Montoya. This could be a returning character. A lot of excitement to consider, as well as the fact that we were just talking about HBO Max. And one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is the upcoming Peacemaker spinoff featuring John Cena. And uh, we've got some some word about a uh, a new image and the continuing joke from the Suicide Squad. Brad, what did you think about this story? <laughs> <laughs> All we can look forward to in the Peacemakers yeah. Yeah, it looks like John Cena's comfortable in his tidy whities and, and I think a certain contingent of the audience is okay with that as well. So, uh, but yeah, he, he it's just, it's fun because he's having so much fun with the role. And, uh, you know, seeing him appear on all the talk shows in the costume is just, it, it's, it's been fun to watch him inhabit this character. And this definitely, this image definitely uh, makes me, think that we're going to get a lot of humor in it as well so it should it should be a good time and the, the other image in this article is him getting out of a striped uh, car uh so we could be an old mustang i'm not sure but uh, i kind of want to know what's up with that car i like the the white and red stripes uh motif reminds me of the white stripes so yeah i'm curious about that images too but yeah this is a uh, this is another one where I I just have nothing bad to say this week. Uh, I'm 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 excited for all of it, and uh, including Peacemaker. Uh, what about you? Yeah, the back of the car kind of reminds me of like a Mustang, kind of you know '70s like fastback. Um, but with the red and white stripes, I swear it makes me imagine that there's like a the the blue badge with the stars on the hood, and that's his American yeah. flag. Because um, yeah. it totally looks like like that's exactly what he would do. And yeah, with the image with the tidy whiteies, I just love that it you know it appears to be as he says you know dope AF and uh, deciding that uh, <laughs> he's just gonna follow up on the fact that James Gunn is obsessed with his tidy whiteies and loves to see him dancing around. I love that recently it was Gunn saying you know this guy Cena yeah he happens to be the best comedic actor I've ever worked with like and that's saying something that's really huge. You know, for a guy who uh, made his bones in uh, in professional wrestling. But clearly, you know, we've got a lot of laughter, as you pointed out, to look forward to with the series. And I think it's going to be important because I also think there's going to be, you know, as in every comedy, the serious story. And I think his one's going to be kind of tough. Like, what kind of person are you? Who are you really trying to be? And, you know, why are you always compensating and then overcompensating and then just way too much so uh lots of fun stuff to look forward to and I, I think another thing that i'm looking forward to and excited for is the upcoming uh legends of tomorrow because matt ryan is returning just not as the constantine we knew his character came to that close instead he's got a new character known as dr gwyn davies brad what do you think my friend i you know, it's this will be interesting to watch him tr uh, transition over to a new role. Um, I, he's an actor that I have in my mind still associated with the role of Constantine. It's going to be uh, strange to see him stepping into something new and a character that could be something completely opposite because he, he's an eccentric scientist from the early 20th century uh, rather than some punk rock magician. So. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see uh, this performance from him. Oh, what about you? So am I. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest, like the Flash totally set me up for wanting things like this because of the many Wells. How many versions of Harrison Wells did they have? that were so much fun that were like, I mean, the first one was great and menacing, but the rest were so hilarious and so original and also had, you know, so many great things that they brought to the story that I, I feel like, you know, that's really what's possible here with Matt Ryan. And I love him in the poster, 
and I love his description as this very interesting eccentric scientist, you know, who's from the time frame that they're all trapped in. I, I think it could be a lot of fun. And, you know, so far we've seen legends do this so well where they take a character, you know, an actor we've known so well playing a character and then cast them as someone else. And it just works. It just works every time. So um, I'm totally a believer. I'm excited for it. And I don't know if it's this or this story. And that story we just talked about or this one, I'm talking about uh, Tim Drake putting on the Robin outfit because Titans has been setting us up that this is coming. It's it's happening. Right. Brad, what do you think about this story and the possibilities it suggests? I really dug this because just, you know, right before his introduction in um, Titans, the Tim Drake character, I. I had reread his kind of first appearance in the books, and it was fun watching that same origin. Well, not the same, but similar origin kind of transpire in the show where he does his own work and discovers who's Batman, who's Robin and all that. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really kind of excited to see uh, uh, his version of the Robin come to Titans. And and once again, you know, that it, Another thing that's so cool about Titans is just how they weave all these characters from the Titans history into the show. So, yeah, this is this is another thing I say. Um, bring on the Robin costume. What about you? Oh, indeed. Bring on the Robin costume. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, if it's like Sergo, like Kurgo, but my goodness, from the moment he first started interacting with Dick, I was just blown away. Great presence. Great comfort and confidence totally felt like he knew exactly the character of tim drake that i've grown and loved over the years and he he really made a place in my heart in that show i there's there's just this belief in me like man i want this kid to put on the costume i'm so excited for it and the fact that we know it's coming soon and there's a a great new future in the titans for him to you know be a part of and for us to enjoy in the show and as you mentioned, just weaving so many of those great elements we've loved about the comics into a great show. Man, that's a that's a blessing. I'm really excited for it. And hey, with that, I love ending on a great note before we head into a quick ad break. Let's catch up on all the great stuff that we have available for you to enjoy. And then we're coming on back because we've still got comic book news and a little bit of something we call other. Don't go away. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am 
the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Your discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you cuff. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And like that, we're back. Hey, that was our ad break. Caught you all up. Hope you're excited about all that great stuff and more. But now it's time for comic book news. And we've got the uh, launch of a new human target title by Tom King, partnering up with Greg Smallwood. Brad, what'd you think about this announcement in the uh, the new 12 issue we have to look forward to? Oh man, I, I can't wait. I love anything Tom King does. And I love the idea of the human target interacting with the DC universe at large. And he describes it as a man learning to live just before he dies. So that has me wondering you know what we're in store for so yeah i'm i'm actually absolutely psyched what about you yeah i'm pretty sure he got me with grimy sexy pulp romance justice league book. um <laughs> that that's that's a great you know like hey if that's your elevator pitch like get in there and pitch you know what i mean because that's an awesome yeah. pitch. that's just yeah so ridiculous um smallwood adds some other great stuff dash of hard-boiled cynicism and as you mentioned 
you know, discovering what it means to live in love before you die. Um, and, and I love the feeling that it, it goes into that thing that, that he really enjoys, which is starting off with the murder mystery and then unraveling the pieces or, you know, unraveling the spool and connecting. It's what I've enjoyed about his Rorschach series. It's what I enjoyed about Strange Adventures. It's it's what made, you know, so much of his other great work, you know, Sheriff of Babylon and others so great. The man knows how to tell a mystery. And, and this is a great setting. You love the JLI environment. You love for me, you know, the, the combination of the two characters. And uh, I love it that uh, this is just another one you get to add to the uh, collective. Like, man, so talking about good stuff, we've got that. <laughs> and then all this other great stuff he's done. But we also get the fact that there's some great young adult titles coming our way featuring Constantine and the Robins. Brad, what do you think about these announcements? And man, is it just me or is DC and young adult blowing up? Yeah, it really is. And Cami Garcia is one of my favorites when it comes to the YADC books. And with Piccolo's art, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for this Robin's story. Um, you know, I, I love that um, she's getting to do all the Titans characters. And what I really love is that it's not taking too long between each book. You know, we haven't had to wait all that long, maybe six months, you know, um, Beast Boy Loves Raven just came out, and we're already getting this one soon, so yeah, I can't wait. And as far as the Constantine, I, I love the idea of her kind of exploring his early days in the punk rock band, uh, Mucus Membrane, so I'm kind of excited to see what she what she does with that. So yeah, yeah, these books are blowing up, and they've all been, uh, you know, fun. And like I said before, you know, I'm not necessarily the target audience for these books, but I can still find a lot to enjoy in them, and and uh, anything Cammy Garcia wants to do with DC, I'm down. Oh, what about you? Yeah, she pretty much has like the gold pass. Like, just do it. And we'll enjoy yeah. it. And, you know, keep coming up with other great stuff. And yeah, just don't stop now. Um, you know, Raven and Beast Boy is getting a lot of great response. Um, absolutely loved, you know, what she introduced with the whole idea of this Teen Titans young adult series and and how much, you know, Great stuff we've had come of it. These are exciting to look forward to. As you pointed out, Constantine, um, this young punk in a band, just really sort of showing us how we got the, you know, the early start and, and what this beginning was like for him. And I think it's going to be some great stuff. And then the Robin title just sounds perfect. You know, we've had some great developments in mainstream comics regarding both of those characters. So I think uh, putting them together in a YA book that gets to explore some of those great themes that, you know, the mainstream, there's a lot of villains and bad guys. These stories, I think, really delve into the characters well. And it's something she's just, you know, excelled at. So uh, I think uh, the combination is perfect. I think having her at the helm and hopefully just continuing to be inspired by these great characters that she can tell us more stories about. Win, win, win. I know you almost thought I would be out of breath after all that, blah, 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 but, 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 but we're, we've got more stories and talking about uh, some great characters and some new characters. Batman, Miracle, Molly, Fierstay, Scarecrow, what is next and how does it connect to the Insanity Collective? We've got more. Brad, what do you think about this story? Uh, I can't wait to see how his moves are, how Scarecrow's moves are connected to the Insanity Collective. And Miracle Molly, to me, um, is one of the one of my favorite newer Batman characters. I, I like her better than Punchline. And uh, if you had a chance, you should read her uh, Secret Files issue that came out a few weeks ago. Uh, it'll make you see the character in a new light. Um, and I, I've liked her interactions with uh, now queen ivy so yeah yeah fear state fear state has been kind of firing on all cylinders and i think one of the standout things about it is miracle molly so uh i can't wait to see how she kind of reveals what the scarecrow's plans are uh what about you yeah i i think miracle molly is a great character the insanity collective what it's trying to be but what its public perception has become during fear state um and also, I think it, this just uh, adds back to what Tynan's done, which is this amazing thing of showing Scarecrow with this long game. I mean, you know, his, his new appearance is one thing that's just ridiculous. But this 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 plot that Batman in this, you know, terribly drug induced state 
opens the series with and is now trying to piece together. And through it, we keep seeing all the different ways that Scarecrow has really infected so many different resources that used to be uh, a, a place that could be turned to. And it's just being removed from the equation. Now the idea of how it's connected to Miracle Molly, the Insanity Collective, and Brad, you had it right. If you haven't yet, find that secret files, give it a read, thank us later. Um, yeah, this is some really great stuff to look forward to because the the plot just continues to just feed and feed and feed. And the whole time it's like, we're we're just uncovering stuff. Like we haven't even gotten to the part where you can respond and do something yet. It's still just the uncovering, the uncovering. And um, man, it, it it it's captivating. Let's just put it that way. Captivating. Um, also talking about the fact that, as you mentioned, Brad, um, a lot of what's suggested uh, in the upcoming issue is going to involve uh, Ivy, who's now the uh, Queen Ivy. We do have some art of her from uh, Jorge Jimenez. What did you think about this uh, peak to the new appearance of uh, Queen Ivy and uh, this transition that's so well captured in this art? I will definitely say that she looks regal. She definitely looks like a queen. Uh and kind of looks uh, in, intimidating. So uh, I, if I was going to say at this point of what's been revealed with Fear State, I think that some of the bigger changes that are going to come out of it are going to involve Ivy and what Ivy does. And I think that's uh, might be a nice twist if it happens that the story is actually more about Ivy than Scarecrow. But I think that that's a possibility. And what about you? Yeah, I really hope that that is something we can uncover and experience because I do feel like while Scarecrow has this power to influence, his is all done through chemicals. And one of the great things about Ivy is that she took that chemical process that's been blended with plants and created this uh, symbiotic relationship that she has. Now, if she can unlock the organic compounds that exist within nature, we found how often they can be this um, counter agent to the things that are created in laboratories. And if there's something in someone who could counteract what Scarecrow is doing, the hope might lie with uh, with Queen Ivy. And I think you really nailed it with the Regal. I think her presence, her power, I feel like she's come into this persona that that represents a big change after a lot of trauma, a lot of suffering after being used, manipulated as a drug source. Um, the answer could lie, you know, with her powers and, and when she can actually, like, as you said, step forward and sort of push Scarecrow out of the way and become the, the real key to this story. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure other fans are. And it's a great way for us to wrap up our uh, comic section and move right into our other news, because if you like to have a little bit of fun with your comics, if you like to showcase it, shirts, hats, but you feel like there should be other places to express, well, guess what? Puma has partnered with the Suicide Squad, and there is a collection you'll, you might want to consider getting your hands on. Brad, do you, do you see a pair of these going into your closet? Oh, my gosh. Uh, these are totally flicky fashions approved. I want all of them. Um, yeah, man, they, they look great. I love the fact that King Shark, is uh is included in the list of um the shoes and the harley i mean they're just the little detail of the blood on the puma swoosh on the king shark is just great the oh man yeah i i want i i want all of them so in fact i kind of want two pairs of all of them one one pair that i can save and not wear and one pair that i can wear out so yeah these are definitely flicky fashion approved uh what about you Nice. Yeah, I uh, I have a pair of like really comfy shoes, but I also have a newer pair of them. And we call those go town shoes. Like those are the <laughs> ones that, you know, going to town, man, out on the town. Gonna look good, but they can't be all scuffed up and mucked and whatever. So, yeah, I, I totally get that. And the style is perfect. And uh, that's right. Flicky fashions. Look, when you're looking for the authority, you come here, you get it from Brad, and then you go and you move and buy and wear with confidence. We're just here to let you know this is the source. So you're welcome. 
<laughs> and if you do get a pair of those, hey, don't be shy. Take a picture. Tag us at DC Comics News. Let us know. We'd love to see them. And, you know, maybe uh, you can get an additional fashion tip or two from Mr. Felicki. But you got to be nice about it. And, you know, don't be shy. All right. Hey. DC keeps moving into all sorts of great stuff, whether it's fashion, whether it's collectibles, whether it's so much more. And now there are NFT cover collections that fandom registrants can pick up. Um, I'm not really, you know, well-versed, but I do understand the desire importance. Brad, what do you think about this NFT cover collections announcement? You know, I'm not well-versed either. Um, I I, I don't get it, but, you know, if there is, and I'm not sure there is, a kind of subculture that is really into these things, this may be a cool way to get those people into DC characters that may have not have experienced them before. So I think that that could be an interesting, um, you know, an avenue to, you know, to get people into these characters. But I, I yeah, I don't know much about nfts but you know the, the the concept seems cool it's just not it's just not necessarily my thing to be honest but um whatever whatever gets people into the the world of dc um, i completely support so what about you yeah i mean there there's well for starters when i look at the image credit and i see the really cool shot of uh wonder girl or Wonder Woman and uh, Nubia, and I'm like, all right, well, I would just take that right away if that's what you're giving. I don't even know what the yeah, NFT yeah, the choices is. are cool. With the yeah, offering. you know, the covers are cool. <laughs> I get that part, but the uh, the other part just sort of makes me chuckle. Like, yeah, um, I know this is something that could have increased value at some point based on a whole cryptocurrency reasoning and Bitcoin theology and philosophy that that I just can't invest in right now, at least. I don't have the brain power to, to, to do that. But um, if I register and they give me one, I'm not going to throw it away. And if it's worth something later and I don't understand why, but I can still enjoy that, I'm probably going to have a lot of fun with it, too. So for me, kind of a win win. And if you're even more invested in something like this, yes, invested, then uh, you're probably going to enjoy it as much, if not more. I know what I'm going to really enjoy is the fact that Wonder Woman inducted into the Comic-Con character hall of fame 80th anniversary um man it's coming up on october 21st it's a great announcement for a great character uh brad what do you think about this announcement wonder woman and all you know uh if if any character deserves to be in that hall of fame it's wonder woman easily one of the most iconic superheroes and comic book characters of all time so you know she she definitely belongs there uh, and perfect timing, you know, with the 80th anniversary coming up. So I think that 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 goes together great. And as far as what else they're doing, I, I as, as much as I liked all the stuff that she's doing in the comics in the realm of other gods, it was you know so much fun seeing her fight Thor and uh, crunching his hammer like a piece of paper, things like that. I mean, it was just it, it was fun to watch all that happened recently in the Wonder Woman books, but it'll be cool to see her bringing all the knowledge and everything that she acquired while doing that back into the DC universe. So uh, I, I say, welcome back, Diana. Uh, what about you? Yeah, her journey has been a lot of fun. And, and while I've enjoyed it and all the great developments and discoveries and the knowledge, yeah, having her come back and share that and be once again, this, this powerful force in in the world that DC has just, you know, always benefited from. I think it's going to be great. I love the uh, special edition cover. I'm digging the uh, the Tempest Tossed. And the Diana, Princess of the Amazons, the backup story and all the issues that they've had has been so great. I mean, I, I've really, really just like come to look forward to those. Like, oh, wow, there's the main story. Cool. Hey, yeah. here comes, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Diana Princess yeah. of the Amazons. How awesome. So, yeah, I'm really excited, you know, just for the fact that there's all the great stuff we've had a chance to enjoy, black and gold, all the others. Um, and, you know, then again, you know, for anyone who was looking forward to it and got their hands on it, you had the 80th anniversary recently. So there's a, a lot of great things to celebrate, celebrate about Wonder Woman. I love all the stuff that's on this list. 
Um, and I think you can't pick a better inductee for uh, a Hall of Fame than Wonder Woman. And you know what's great? I love when we end these episodes on a, uh, a really positive note. That was a great story for me. Uh, Brad, before we uh, you know do that fun wrap-up thing, any final comments on anything about either Comic-Con or any of the stories we talked about today? Oh, uh, man. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything that um, I looked at on Comic-Con. You know, I, no, I don't think so. I just think that you know everybody was just so happy to be to be back. Um, and as far as the stories, I think we had a lot of good stuff to talk about, a lot of good stuff on the horizon. And I really, really can't wait for fandom. Uh, because like you said, I mean, it's just it's kind of far and away the best virtual event that they've had in the age of covid so yeah i i can't wait to see all the surprises next uh you know this coming saturday when we're recording this um man yeah uh and it's great because comic-con's over now i feel like i have another con to look forward to just a few days from now so yeah i'm I'm really excited for what's ahead for dc what about you yeah fandom's probably going to be my biggest thing I mean, um, you know, that first story that we had that was teasing us about Pattinson and Kravitz, you know, and what they could be bringing uh, for all of us to enjoy that that one just reignited. You know, I was already excited for it. I've been working on some stuff trying to finish up so I can enjoy this weekend, you know, a little uh, stress free. And, um, you know, that just sort of like reminded me of like, oh, yeah, this is what you had to look forward to. And wasn't it so great last year? And I think that's going to be what I'm leading into the rest of the week with is. Man, you know, there's going to be more announcements along the way. If you've been on YouTube, catching all those little tidbits about stuff you can look forward to with fandom, that that seems to be the the big one. But uh, I think also, you know, just the fact that we recently had the con that you went to and sort of, you know, getting a chance to experience just even the excitement you shared. That's some other stuff that that really catches my attention, like parts of the world. You know, there are moments still where things can happen. We're 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 not back 100 percent, but there are pieces we can still enjoy. And hopefully it's just a sign of more we can enjoy and look forward to. So, uh, yeah, man, that was really awesome to hear from you. You know, it was just a great, great sort of like moment of like, hey, I was there and it was great. And hopefully there's more. And I, I think we can all agree to that. So, uh, yeah, final thought on that uh, with that. Hey, thanks to everyone who uh, joined us today for uh, DCM podcast number 137. This has been the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. I've been lucky enough to be your host, Seth Singleton. I was joined by the amazing Brad Felicki. Brad, should the folks want to follow up with you on your Felicki fashions or any of the other stuff we talked about today or any other episode, where can they find you? Well, you could find me uh, running news reviews, dccomicsnews.com. Uh, you can find me on the Mad Love podcast part of the dc comics news podcast network and uh, you can follow me on twitter at flicky b1 and where can people find you oh man just come find me here seriously just come find me here i mean if you're a sleuth you're gonna find me no matter what because you can just do that because you know internet search engines whatever and i actually just told you my name so there's that but find me here where I get to hang out with this great gang every chance I get for weekly podcast episodes where I get to hear about all this great news and share it with you and talk with really smart people about it. Or, uh, you know, if you like top five picks, I do host the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. So you can find me here hosting that and uh, on other great programs we have like Mad Love. It's our Harley Quinn episode by episode show. You can catch Brad on there, too. Steve, Kelly, Kendra, the whole gang. Um and there's other great shows that you should tune in for, like I Am the Night, the Batman the Animated Series episode uh, episode breakdown by Mr. Steve J. Ray, and other great stuff that we have and will have coming your way to look forward to. Whatever platform you're listening to, just hit subscribe, and you're guaranteed to never miss out, whether it's the weekly podcast or all those other great shows. Tune in, check out, you're going to enjoy and if you got a question, a comment, you want to send us your uh, DC Comics uh, sneakers or something else, find us on social media, whatever your platform, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Tumblr. I, I can't even keep up with what I should be saying, but, you know, it's out there. We're out there. Use the at symbol in DC Comics News, capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S. And when you do, 
We'll know what you're saying. We'll hear what you're thinking. We can't wait to have a great chat with you on that wonderful interactive social thing that's kind of not real, but we all love it because we make it. And with that, well, we only have one last thing we always love to say at the end of every episode, and that is to always read more comics. Comics. Ooh, (laughs) we are so good. Oh, we're money, baby. We don't even know it. Hey, until next time. We miss you guys. Can't wait to talk more. Great stuff about DC Comics and DC Comics News with you. Bye now.